This is Victory Christian Fellowship. We are a community focused on loving God and loving others. Tune in each week as Pastor Mark teaches us about God's love and the call on our lives. Amen. Come on, let's thank Jesus together. Give him a hand clap. She did good. And we're going to dismiss children in middle school and allow them to go to the back, their classes and so forth. Nursery's open now. And the rest of us, let's hold our Bible up, and we're going to declare who we are as they're going out. Ready? Say it with me. This is my Bible. It is the standard I live my life by. I am a spirit-filled believer, sustained by my personal relationship with the Lord, empowered by my commitment to community, and expressed through outreach to others. Therefore, I can say, and, uh, all right. Awesome. Way to go. Uh, let me tell you a few things that are coming up. Next Sunday, Pastor Mike Ware, one of our church overseers, presbyters for the church and over Jeanette and I, uh, he and Jeannie will both be in. They're coming in for the wedding. Michael's like their own son, so they're coming in and uh, to celebrate. And then he'll speak next Sunday, which will be good because I'm going to be pretty tired after all that anyway. But I'll be here, no matter what time we get to be we'll be here Sunday morning with a shout of praise. So encourage people with that. He'll have a wonderful word to, to encourage us. This is one of the men that I'm personally accountable to. We stay in touch. The only, only way to have authority is to be under authority. Would you agree? All right. And then two weeks from today, I want you to take note of this. Brother Don will be putting it out on Facebook and advertising as well. But I want to begin a series out of the book of Philippians. What a great book. Each year I like to take a book of the Bible and kind of just go through it, basically verse by verse, or at least chapter by chapter, and, and covering a theme and so forth. And what we would talk about over at least four weeks, it might go longer, is Philippians, joy no matter what. Some of you need some joy today. All right, let me see. Joy no matter what. And so we're going to learn what it means to walk in the joy of the Lord and apply it to our life as we see that. Now, today's a special day, and I have a, just a standalone message. It'll be shorter. But I've asked Chaplain Major Guy Crewball to help participate. How many want to hear a miracle testimony? Okay, I'm that sure enough miracle. And then he's going to kind of thank you for what you did when he was overseas in Iraq for a year. And then he has a new assignment that's getting ready to take place. So he's going to share that with us. So he's going to take about 10 minutes. I'm going to sit in the front, but give us a, just a good overhaul. Come on, let's welcome Chaplain Major. Oh, come on, let's, let's welcome one of our servicemen. I haven't pinned major yet, but it's coming next month. So. Um, but the orders have been cut. So, uh, well, earlier, I guess it was earlier in the week or a few months ago, actually, Pastor Mark asked me to share. And while we were talking, he said something about wearing a uniform. He said, I'd like you to wear your uniform. And I said, oh, Pastor Mark, I haven't been promoted yet. You know, I have to get a haircut, shave my beard. Uh, you know, I was telling him, I'm going to miss my family the most, and then my farm, and I'm going to miss my beard. 
Uh, but I thought, you know what, I'm proud of this uniform. I'm proud of our country. And when Pastor Mark said that, I went home and afterwards I said, you know, I'm going to wear that uniform. And I'm, I'm very honored to wear this uniform. Every time I put it on, I don't just think about uh, my part in the military. I think of all those who have served before me. And, um, and as, a, as a chaplain, I've been able to do some really interesting things. I've prayed with soldiers who are critically injured as they get on a helicopter to be shipped out to uh, a hospital in, in Kuwait. Um, my best friend in high school isn't here anymore. He was killed during Desert Storm. Um, you know, I, my dad was a World War II veteran. My grandfather fought in World War I. Um, behind him was a civil two, two Civil War grandfathers. So I, I am proud of this uniform. And mostly, every time I put it on, I don't just think of myself. I think of those who went before me. And it's an honor to wear this and an honor to be here today. And um, so I have a lot to share, and I'm going to try to keep it really quick. So... I made some notes here, and I'm going to try to hit each one. Uh, first, I want to talk about a miracle. You guys want to hear a miracle? <laughs> um, so I'm getting ready to mobilize again. In fact, it's two years ago today that I got on a plane in the middle of the desert at darkness, uh, a cargo plane to fly back to Kuwait, and I remember stepping off of Iraqi soil onto that plane, and what a wonderful day that was. Um, but it's been two years since I deployed, and now I'm going to be mobilizing again for one year at Fort Bliss. But before I talk more about that, I want to tell you about a miracle. <laughs> and when you're getting ready for a mobilization, you have to get physicals. So I had to go in and get a full physical. And my doctor, uh, local doctor here, Dr. Golden, said, you know, hey, since we're doing this physical, how about we, you know, we haven't done a blood test, and you're almost 50, you need to go ahead and get this. So he said, let's do a full blood test. So I did a, a full blood test, and the results came back. This was in February, I believe. The results came back that I was, uh, that I had really low platelets, which was an unusual thing because I've, for about 25 years now, I've given platelets, um, sometimes do double and even triple platelets in one time. And, uh, and he said my platelets were, were low, and he said, we need to keep an eye on this. We're going to set another test um, in a couple months. Uh, so when I had that test, they were 65,000. So anything below 150,000 is considered, you know, dangerously low. You can, um, below 50,000, you can spontaneously start bleeding from, like, your eyes and ears and things. And so we had a test again two months later, and it was 21,000. So it had gone from 65,000 to 21,000. And he says, we need to get you to a specialist right away. And uh, I got to say, that week from when I had that test result, to going to the doctor was a uh, was a stressful stressful week for me, and uh, I own, we my Chrissy and I and the boys we own a small farm and and I was uh, actually bush hogging our pig pasture, and yeah I have to do that once in a while, <laughs> um, but we have the little three acre paddock that we keep our pigs in and and I was bush hogging that and I got to the top of the hill and it was it was a really hot day and then there was this cool breeze a storm was coming in. And I just stopped the tractor and let that breeze hit me. I was sweaty and, and nasty. And then I, I heard this scripture come to my mind. I'm going to try to read it. Okay. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. 
And I began to pray that. And uh, that night, I mean, I've heard different, I've, I've sat in your seats where you're sitting right now, and I've heard people talk about miracles and, you know, this warming sense, like if you have back pain, a warming feeling in your back, or if you had a kidney stone, this warming feeling in that part of the body. Well, that night as we were getting ready to go to sleep, I was laying in bed, and all of a sudden I felt a warmth all over myself, just a heat, almost where I had to take the blanket off. And I knew right then I'd been healed. So the next day I went to the doctor, and we walked in, and you know it's a bad thing when you walk in and they have a separate paper for you to sign that says, hey, you got to pay for this test even if your insurance doesn't. And we had to sign like two of those. And they took out 10 vials of blood, not the little things, the big ones, you know, 10 of those. I thought, can you actually do this? And she said, oh, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> um, and they were going to do all these tests, and the first test they could do right there. And she goes, we're going to get a platelet count in you right now. And so she left, and what do you think, Chrissy, about five minutes later? I mean, really quick, she comes back in and she says, I got to tell you something. She says, your platelet count is 260,000. <laughs> That's, that was more than you need, you know. And I said, well, then I don't need to do any of these other tests. And she said, nope, and she ripped the paper and we left. <laughs> no tests at all. And, uh, and so that was... Uh, the miracle that I wanted to tell you about, and it really was a miracle. And um, I also want to say thank you to each one of you. When I was uh, deployed, I was in a little bitty base that was inside of a larger Iraqi base um, in Iraq called Al Takadum, uh, very remote. You know, military, we say, very far from the flagpole. Though we did have a flagpole, but we never put a flag on except just once in a while. In fact, the flag I gave you, we put up, and I brought it right back down. Um, but uh, but we I was there. There was very little resources. I spent uh, 11 months in a tent um, through some of the most uh, violent sandstorms I've ever seen. No green, no trees, no grass, just rock and sand. Um, the hottest it got was up in the 115s there, but in Kuwait we experienced 120 plus. Um, it was a, a, an interesting time, and we had nothing there. There was no there was nothing really on that base. Uh, but every week we had a movie night with real movie popcorn and real movie treats that you guys sent. And uh, that was awesome. So thank you for that. And uh, another thing, I would give out Mingi beef jerky. Anyone here like Mingi beef jerky? I love it. It's from Paris, Kentucky. So I'd go up. I would pick like really odd times, like 2 in the morning or 4 in the morning and stuff like this. And I'd go to different guard towers around the base and I always let them know I was going beforehand. You know, I'd, I'd say, hey, radio ahead, because I don't want to get shot. <laughs> but I said, I'm going to come around and visit all of the guard towers. I did this at a couple different bases, because we had a forward, even a more forward base, where we worked with the Iraqis uh, side by side. And I'd go there and do the same thing. But I would go up, and I'd give them some mingi jer beef jerky. And I'd say, hey, this is imported from Paris. Paris, Kentucky. <laughs> Here's the best beef, best beef jerky you'll ever have. And they loved it. Um, but thank you for, for doing that. You made that time in Iraq. You gave me an open door. Because when you go in and you give somebody, um, you know, some beef jerky, you have an open door to communicate. And that was because of the generosity of this church and my school, Somerset Christian School. I really appreciate that. And for letters, I'm, I see Whitney over there. Your daughter wrote me a letter that was so good. It's many of your I know Mrs. Dunlap, I don't know where she's at, but she had a bunch of people write letters to, and, and I love that. I still have all of them. 
Um, so I'm real quick, I'm getting ready to mobilize again for another year. This is my fourth uh, time doing something like this. And so uh, I'm going to be going to Fort Bliss, Texas. That's in El Paso, right on the border with Mexico near Juarez, Mexico. And I'm going to be there for a year as a, well, 11 months um, as a C, um, uh, con C, C, I can't even remember what I'm going to be doing now, con uh, CONUS operations, I'll say COC, uh, operations chaplain. And I'll be working with a CONUS detachment unit. I'll be working with uh, soldiers as they get ready to deploy. Um, all U.S. soldiers, when they deploy overseas, go through either Fort Hood or Fort Bliss. And uh, I'll be there with the, at least the half that go through Fort Bliss. And uh, I'll be doing services, counseling, uh, teaching classes like uh, suicide prevention classes, a real important class to teach. Um, and also reintegration, what to expect when you go home, what to expect when you're gone. And I'll be teaching those types of classes. And it's an honor to serve. I see Chief Cook over there. Um, yeah, so I know many of you in here have served. And uh, so I, I think that's, that's it, Pastor Mark. Is that good? Did I get through everything? Okay. Thank you again. Thank you. Chrissy, come on. We need your better half. And uh, y'all stand down here. And, hey, come on, let's just stand up and stretch our hands out towards him. Yeah, come on, boys, come on. Your undergrown children over there. It's a shame they've never grown. Look at that. It's awesome. It's wonderful. I know. And they're only 12, 13, and 14. Now, they're a little bit older. <laughs> Not much older. How many love our country? Love our country. Listen, love your country, pray for your country. It's a real crucial time that we surround our leaders and pray for them. Stretch your hands out. Father, I thank you, Lord, for our family. I thank you, Lord, for Chaplain Major Guy Crewball and his heart, what he's going to be doing. Father, he's got the opportunity to touch so many of these soldiers at a very crucial moment. He's going to lead many to the Lord. He's going to show different ones how to stay strong in you. He's going to give uh, soldiers scripture, what they can look at and meditate on a daily basis. So use him, watch over him, let his communication back home and home to him be consistent so there's no gap. I thank you, Lord, they will be able to visit and, and just blossom as they've done in times past. So, Lord, as he goes, we're going to send him out with a covering from his family, his church, and use him mightily, mightily during this time and watch over the whole family here and keep them safe. And for what you do, we promise to give Jesus all the glory. And everybody says, come on, let's give them a hand clap again. Let's do it. Thank you, guys. Oh, yeah, I want you to say it. Okay, so I'm, it's on. You're on. Test, test. Okay. So I'm getting ready to go down to the little kids, and I play a character in Super Church called Captain Obvious. We have, to, we have to come up with a new name now, but I'm going to go down and explain my uniform to him with the little buttons and ribbons and everything else. So, so anyway, that's, I'm not leaving. That's where I'm going. <laughs> Don't you love it how the body of Christ, you know, you have a place. There's something for you to do. So there, there goes Captain Obvious out to minister to the children. It's pretty obvious who he is right now. That's awesome. 
I think I have one of his cards up here. All right. Turn your bulletin over or look at it on your phone if you've downloaded it that way. And notes will come up on the screen. But this is just a, a message for today. I think it's very important. And uh, if you're like me, I need to be reminded of things I know. Anybody else need to be reminded of things that you know? That's why I have a wife. That's right. And she reminds me of things I forget. How about that? Uh, because very often, especially when there's other things going on, crisis going on, you forget to do what you know you're supposed to do. So today, what we're going to talk about is praise your way out of a crisis. I said praise your way out of a crisis. You know, as I talk to people out in the community and some are, they just feel mighty low. Uh, many are overwhelmed. Even some are shrouded with just uncertainty, concern, fear, and just, just confusion. And really, I, I look at some and they're paralyzed. They're just paralyzed what to do or what they should do and so forth. Some maybe even have this voice speaking at them, not maybe audibly, but inside their head, that says, quit. If you have that voice, that's the last thing you need to do. Well, I know one thing you absolutely need. It's not a pill. It's not a potion. It's not a prop. It's called praise. I said it's called praise. Intentional, on purpose, your mouth praising God. So let me remind us today of what we know to do, and let's just put a fire under our feet that we're going to be very intentional in our daily life of praise. No one is immune to the destructive invasion of thoughts. No one. There have been many a moment this year where suddenly a thought comes to my mind, a concern, a major concern takes center stage in my thoughts, are you with me? A uh, uh, tough situation, potential situations, just bam, and they just stand up strong right there in my mind. And it's like they're shaking their fist at me. I guess I'm the only one. Okay. Join in and say, yeah, me too. Come on, you can help me out. Me too. Thank you, honey. Now, when I suddenly feel overwhelmed how I most certainly desperately need to respond to attack with a biblical response, my flesh doesn't want to do that. Me too, good. My flesh doesn't want to because of the overwhelming things coming at me. But the Bible says this, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, I don't like this next part. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. And I've said it before. I've never seen anyone skipping in the church, just dancing. I'm going through all kind of terrible stuff. It's wonderful. Doesn't that seem like an oxymoron? But I tell you what, the way up is to go down. The way to have... Breakthrough is a way to really see God do something is very contrary to the human 
natural thinking. So when we're going through things, and we are as a nation and people and families and community right now, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And this is even a prelude to Philippians because we're going to look at the difference between joy and happiness because you can walk in great joy in the midst of things. Now listen to this verse in the message. Paraphrase. It is a paraphrase, but it says this. I love it. And we're going to read verses 2 through 4. Consider it a sheer gift. You've been given a gift this year, folks. Consider it a gift, friends, when a test and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So we're showing our colors right now, and I hope that we're really going forward and showing life, purpose, hope, direction, especially to others. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Now, what I like to pray is say, Lord, I don't like this. Solve it now. I'll give you 10 minutes, and if not, I'm going to pout and cry and do something else. Don't look so holy. You do it too, you know. We all do it. I know. Me too. Good. You're getting it, Jeff. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. And you know what? We're not getting out of this current situation quickly. It's been months. We don't know what's ahead, but we can count it joy because we know who's on the throne and what's going to happen. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. So I don't want to shortcut what God wants to do in my life. It's a process, and I'm going to praise my way through a crisis. How many are going to join him with me and do it? Good. You know, with everything offered to you every day, for the sure enough Jesus follower, and we have a bunch in this room, if you will dig deep, pray first. We're doing that on Wednesday night. Come join us. Dig deep. You will hear the inner voice say, praise me. Praise me. Praise me not just with your mind, but this thing right here, because there's power in words. He might even tell you, praise me with a loud voice. A loud voice. Now, by nature, I'm not a loud person. But he's told me to do that several times through this. The book of Revelation talks a lot about loud voices. So if you don't like loud voices, you're not going to like heaven too much. It's going to be a noisy place. So if you'd only see the weapons we have with praise... Even if, if it's against your natural tendency, I encourage you, I challenge you, I dare you, develop your praise life. Develop it. You may feel so overwhelmed right now that all you can get out is just a whispered, hallelujah. <laughs> praise the Lord. Maybe that's all you feel you can get out. We'll start there. But if you'll listen closely to the Lord, he'll say, that's good. I'll do it louder. That's good. Do it again. But our mind gets so stuck on circumstance and issue in life and problems and what ifs that we don't do what we need to do to get through the crisis and to get through on the other side. 
if I'll give voice to praise, if I will give voice to praise over the voice of fear, doubt, and unbelief, those issues begin to bow, and my spirit man stands up strong now and fights those things back that are hitting me in the face. This is a spiritual discipline. I've used this illustration before, but years ago, this is when we lived in Louisiana, but a businessman, Christian businessman who went around the country speaking, was speaking at our home church. He was a wealthy man, and one of his restaurants in his city that he owned the building had closed. And so every day he had to pass that restaurant to go to his office. And when he'd be going to his office, he he would just kind of look the other way and cringe because he was losing money. Businessmen and women do not like to lose money. And all of you businessmen and women say, so he just, ugh. And, and this went on for a good while, and then he heard the voice. I, I hope you're developing hearing the voice of the Lord. He heard the voice of the Lord say, laugh at the situation. Now, that's not praising God per se, but it's laughing at the devil, and it is part of praise. And he said, I don't want to do that. So he didn't, and the business day closed. Went on for weeks. Finally, he's driving to work one morning, and he had a good quiet time with the Lord that morning, and he was able, still couldn't look at it, but he pointed his finger and went, ha, huh. <laughs> and just kept driving. Well, after about another week, he could go, ha, ha. And then probably after about a month, he was able to look at it and just start laughing hysterically to the point losing the money was no longer controlling his mind. He's at the office, and somebody walked in and said, I make the best chili on this side of the Mississippi River, I want to use that building and start using it to sell chili. He said, okay. The guy did so great, so wonderful, that every week his rent check came in, and he would just laugh all the way to the bank, ha, 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 and deposit. It's easy to laugh when you have the victory. It's easy to praise when it's all good. But can you praise your way through a crisis? You have to laugh at the devil before you can laugh. You have to praise by faith before you praise. And here's why praise works, okay? Here's why it works. Number one, praise drives the the devil crazy. It really does. At one time, Satan was in heaven. He was part of the huge orchestra of praise. He led it, and he led praise and glory to God. Then he got proud. Folks, there is no room in any of our lives for any flavor, smell, scent of pride. Please may we recognize it. Can't have it in our life. Pride will keep you from praising because it wants the praise. Praise will stop you. And you can read the whole story in Ezekiel 28. So Satan got prideful. In a nanosecond bolt of lightning strike, he found himself on earth. So that's who's roaming around right now here. And he had led the praise, so it drives him crazy that he's lost that position, and you and I have filled the spot. Satan wants your praise, and the way he gets is is not necessarily overt praise to him, unless you are a Satan worshiper, but rather in the absence of praise to God, you are praising something else. So if I withhold my praise, I'm giving it to something else. You know, work, a hobby, a sport, 
whatever it is, I'm giving it to something else. Maybe some right now it's called the news. Just a thought. So you and I deliberately, on purpose, praising God drives that dude crazy. And I think we need to drive him a little bit more crazy. This is an important word. Uh, and, and the words that we sing, when we connect it with life, don't just sing empty, but life, and let it become a song from your heart, good things will happen. Such an important part of the corporate gathering. That's why I love when we're together and we can praise and we can be together and we can sing and just honor the Lord because there's something about the corporate sound and then a releasing of a word like Jody had for Guy and so forth. What a great, great thing. All right, what else does praise do? Here's why high praise works. Number two, praise brings God on the scene. When I begin to exalt God, magnify God, verbally lift him high, he shows up. Psalm 22, 3, he inhabits, he invades, he, he's drawn to the praises of his people. I wish God would do something for me. Start praising him. Start exalting him. Draw him closer to you. Draw, draw near to him. He's going to draw near to you. All he's waiting for is for you to get your eyes and heart off of all the circumstances and all that it entails and place your eyes and heart on him, it will then manifest as praise from your mouth. Listen, you're going to praise something. You're going to praise something. And with the revelation of the Spirit of God in you, and, and I love that scripture God used, and we used it during the series dealing with Pentecost in this hour, you know, God is bigger than all your problems put together because that same spirit that rose, raised Jesus from the dead dwells where? In me. Same spirit. So let's just take a moment, and I want you to take a little exercise here. It would be good if you said it out loud. Those in this living room at church and those watching online, and you get to fill in the blank with your own words. So say this with me. Father... Let's say it together. Father, you are bigger than, yeah, anything. But what, is, what does he need to be bigger for you right now, okay? Father, you are bigger than, boom. Some of you are just thinking, okay? How about this? Let's say Jesus. Jesus, you are bigger than, Okay, I see some of you participating now. I think it's good if you tell, tell the Father, tell the Son. They're bigger. How about Holy Spirit? Ready? Holy Spirit, you are bigger than? Okay. And when you start vocalizing that and verbalizing that, the Holy Spirit, your intimate friend, your close friend, that we, what, we dwelt on that for two months, will give you a heavenly perspective so you can do this and you can praise your way through a crisis. Here's another way. Why does high praises work? Praise changes your perspective. It just changes your perspective. The more you stare at the world's news source, the lower your perspective becomes because it focuses on the worst the dangerous, and the hopeless issues. 
Now, I'm not against you watching things. It's just what do you feed on? Where is your identity? And if our identity is just, oh, I've got to run and watch news, I've got to watch news, I've got to watch news, I've got to watch Well, you're saying that's where I get my strength. We need to be running to this. We need to be running the Christian fellowship and our communication with one another and feeding life and then running to the Lord with our praise and our worship. Praise is a higher perspective. You will see things from a bird's eye view instead of just the tunnel vision. You, you, you hear me use that expression often. Recently, I was facing a need, a big need, something really big. I, di- I didn't know how it would work out. And I heard the voice of the Lord. Do, do you hear the voice of the Lord? Okay. I heard the voice of the Lord. Quiet yourself before me. Even kind of added, shut up, because <laughs> that got the point across. Quiet yourself before me, trust me, and now praise me. Quiet yourself, trust me, now praise me. And he, he, he continues, he says, don't vocalize this need. Now, I'm not against you sharing a need or me sharing a need, but it was something I had to do just with the Lord. Don't vocalize this need. Don't worry about this need. But quiet yourself, trust me, and praise me. And I I don't know how to say it, but my whole countenance changed from the inside out where it was no longer hitting me like a demonic fist in my mind. And God answered that need so powerfully within a week, folks. I said he answered that need so powerfully. I learned a lesson. Let's learn lessons through this time. Just think of the scriptures I read in James in the message. Again, praise is a higher perspective. Things on earth look very tiny from a jet plane. Now, they're still there. They're just a lot smaller, okay? What does Psalms tell us? Psalm 103, 2. Let all, let all that I am, not just on a Sunday morning, not just when I'm in the car and it's a, and it's a K-Love song that I like. Okay, no, no. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. And you, you pull those things from your remembrance. He did this. He did that. My goodness, and you can't help but just continue to praise. Why? Because praise changes my perspective, and it changes your perspective. What's another one? Here's why high praises work. Praise releases God's power. See, we know this. Do we do it? Will we do it later today? Will we do it tomorrow morning? Or will we run to the TV? Again, I'm not fussing at you if you watch the news. Please understand that. It's just, yeah, there's crazy on TV. There's crazy stuff. You've got to know where to run. Got to know. Praise releases God's power. You know about Jericho. In the Old Testament, when the priests blew the trumpets, the entire nation gave a shout of praise. I mean, how, what is that supposed to do? Think about it. But when they did... Suddenly, those fortified walls just came crumbling to the ground. That's great, Mark. What about a New Testament example? I'm so glad you asked. Let's look at one. 
The same thing happened to Paul and Silas, correct? They were in jail. They hadn't done anything wrong. They're just sharing the gospel, ministering, doing what Jesus had wanted them to do. And so they're arrested, they're beaten, they're put in prison. I mean, they're locked up, secured. As they praise God, I'm going to say sincerely, not whining, not moaning, sincerely praise God at midnight, all bound up, uncomfortable. Listen, certain execution awaited them. Death awaited them. It was on the horizon. They were singing. They were singing so loud that anyone in earshot could hear them. Now, if I had been beaten, locked up in a terrible dungeon like they were, you know, the stocks and uncomfortable and chains and knowing I'm going to die possibly the next day, I don't know how I would respond. It's easy to say, oh, I'm going to praise God. Well, it's easy to backslide when someone takes your parking place. Come on. Just check our attitude. They were sincerely praising God. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly, an earthquake rocked the jail. The cell doors flew open. All the chains fell off. You sang it today. You sang it. Is it a revelation in your heart? And you can read it in Acts 16. Family, please listen. Praise is such a mighty, mighty, powerful weapon. There it is. You can take it and incorporate it or just stare at it. You know, most of you are aware of this. Um, it was 13 years ago now our oldest son was walking through a year of cancer. About nine months of chemo and then three, month, three months of radiation. Radiation five days a week up in Lexington, back and forth for three months. A horrific year. Thank the Lord. The Lord be, because of your prayers, believers' prayers, treatment, and so forth, the Lord raised him up. We lost a dear friend during the same time with the exact same type of cancer. But I watched Jeanette and I, we would each morning just get up and individually we would have to spend time with the Lord until we had garnered and gained all the peace we would need that day to go out because people would know around the community and <laughs> meaning well they come up crying and falling on my shoulders and I'm so sorry my uncle died of that and my this I'm going but you know this is a lot of comfort right now <laughs> you know just but we would face that almost on a daily basis but I watched Jeanette go from singing and praising to being very loud in her prayer. Do you notice how loud she is during praise and worship? She did that. She developed that during that time. She said, I'm going to praise God violently. And, you know, she hadn't stopped. Sometimes it, uh, go, I have to do this because she's loud. Hallelujah. And I like it. Because heaven is going to be a loud place, and you loudly exalt what you love. So, continue it. Praise is a weapon of defense. Praise is a weapon of deliverance. Never allow, Don't let circumstances suffocate your praise because that releases God's power in your life. God's power cooperates with your offering of praise. <laughs> Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Why don't you read it out loud while I drink some water? Therefore, let us stop the 
Isn't that great? Isn't that a great voice? And I love that. Now, we're going to read it out of the Passion Translation. I'll read it for you, the, the Passion Translation. It's really a paraphrase, but it takes this and brings it to life. So this is a paraphrase, okay? Same verse. So we no longer offer a steady stream of blood sacrifices. That's what they had to do in the Old Testament for their sins. They go to church. They had to bring Fido and all the animals and kill them, okay? They'd have to steady stream of blood sacrifices. But through Jesus, we will. I said we will. Offer up to God a steady stream of praise sacrifices. Look at this. These are the lambs. Our steady voice of praise. These are the lambs we offer from our lips. And it celebrates his name. See, religion loves to just be quiet. Don't say anything. Yeah, go to a ball game. Let me see you be quiet. Find a cell at the store. Let me see you go in and be quiet. Come on. We praise what we love. Somebody help me out. (laughs) Here's another reason. One more. Praise connects you to heaven. Heaven is filled with continual praise. As I said, it's going to be a noisy place. In the eternal day, multitudes of angelic hosts shout praise and glorify God continually, and we get to join in. So when you praise God, it just, it just lifts you into a different atmosphere. You're kind of getting a pre-run of heaven. Glory be to God. You can change the atmosphere of your home the moment you begin to praise. You can change the attitude and outlook at work or whatever the moment you begin to praise. Many of you would be familiar with the childhood character or book or shows, Winnie the Pooh. How many of you know who Winnie the Pooh is? Okay. God can change you from a spiritual Eeyore to a spiritual Tigger. Seriously. You can change the atmosphere so prayer will become answered prayer, and it's part of what you're able to remember because of the high praises in your life. Psalm 59, 16. But as for me, I will sing, I will sing. Anybody else going to sing with me? I will sing about your power. Each morning. Mm. On Easter and Christmas, I'll show up twice. Help me, Lord. Each morning I will sing with what? Joy about your unfailing love. For you have been my refuge, and that's who he wants to be right now, a place of safety when I am in distress. What's another verse? Psalm 118.5. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me, and he set me free. Those chains fell off, the fear, the uncertainty, the doubts, the confusions. Listen, circumstances are shouting very loud right now. Concern, fear, uncertainty, uneasiness, anxiety. Do I feed that or do I quiet myself, decide and declare, I put my full trust and confidence in you, Lord, and I'm going to praise you. 
And again, the, cor- the corporate atmosphere is, is such a powerful time. I love the, the personal time at home or in the car and whatever, but I, I, to be with you and to praise with you and to hear your voice in one accord, it's awesome. I'm going to ask Chris and the team to come up and just kind of be on the side team, and but Chris, come on up and be ready to play. You know, we all love answered prayer, and we are praying fervently. You're praying fervently for our nation right now. Would you agree? And we have one of our military men share a moment ago. The question for all of us, me included, can I, can we praise our way through a crisis? All of our crisis issues may may vary. And and we, we are concerned and we're praying with you. And there's a lot that all of us are going through in different dimensions. But there's one common one for sure right now that we all face, and it is this pandemic. We're all having to walk through it and know exactly what to do. I don't want you paralyzed. I want you revitalized. Not paralyzed, revitalized, so you know exactly what your assignments are. You have assignments right now, and it's not to hide in your basement with your tuna fish. Okay? You have assignments. You do. There's something you are to do that only you can do. And even if you have compromising health issues, there's people you can call. There's neighbors you can check on. There's things that you can do where you're proactive because you've been praising God. He gives you the confidence, and you hear that quiet voice. This, in a, this is an assignment for today. This is an assignment for someone next week. And uh, if you'll do that, oh, my. Let me end the, today with a powerful biblical example, and then we're going to worship in 2 Chronicles 20, most are very familiar with this story. What is sad, though, is sometimes familiarity breeds contempt. We're so familiar with something, it no longer carries weight. It no longer has power in our life for today. Or you can think it's just, yeah, that's great. That was back then. What about now? I face this today. They got that back. What do I do now? Three nations came up against King Jehoshaphat. His first response was fear. He was very alarmed. And so have we been. Rightfully so. Natural response to fearful news. But Jehoshaphat resolved, he resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast, even though people that are fasting in here today. And he stands up in the assembly of Judah and he prays out loud in front of the people. And he begins reminding the Lord all the great things he had done, all the wonderful things he had done in delivering them. He also then reminded the Lord, now, Lord, these three nations coming against us, you wouldn't let us destroy them before. Now, look how they're treating us. He's having a conversation with the Lord in front of all the people. I think it's pretty cool. And he concluded the prayer with, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I don't want us to stop. I don't want to hear any of us say, I don't know what to do. Can we can keep it going? But our eyes, they're on you. I had to do that with, with that situation sometime back. I, 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 I Really, I didn't know how it would resolve. But I said, Lord, my eyes are going to be on you. You know how I can tell when my eyes are on the Lord? I'm no longer worrying. 
I'm not fretting. I can sleep. So he said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And because that happened, then a prophetic word came forth, just like this morning and how Jody operated there. Because their eyes were on the Lord, that prophetic word came forth and it gave clear direction. It told them not to be afraid, not to be discouraged of the vast army. It even gave the enemy's plan of attack and where they'd be coming from and how to station themselves. But then they began to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, verse 10 says, with a very loud voice. Here's the thing. Please realize the situation had not changed yet. Just their perspective. Let's pick up in verse 21. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out ahead of the army, you're going to send some people singing in front of the weapons? Come on, what up with that? That doesn't make sense. Does that make sense to your natural mind? We're going to send some singers in front of the people with the weapons. And this is what they're to say. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to just think about it in their head and worry and not vocalize anything to God. Is that what it says? Okay, Jeanette and God, the rest of you maybe are worrying right now. As they began to what? Sing and praise. As they did that, then the Lord set ambushments against the men of Ammon and of Moab and Mount Seir who were invading. They were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. So they began whispering, hey, team up with me and let's go get this one. So we will have more plunder once we kill Jehoshaphat and all the people. After they finished slaughtering the men of Seir, well, then they, they got to arguing and complaining and murmuring and, well, I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing. You know, but suddenly, they helped destroy one another. So when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert, and I'll remind you, that's the singers first, and they looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. You need a revelation of that church. That ought to put a shout in your heart. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value more than they could take away. There was so much plunder, it took three days to collect it all. I mean, folks, come on. Here's what happened in Second Chronicles 20. Well... Praise drove Satan crazy. So the three enemy groups, those armies, they, yeah, they went nuts. Satan helped them go nuts. Thank you. Praise brought God on the scene. Praise changed their perspective. Remember, they were praising in advance with a loud voice, and nothing had changed at that point. Praise released God's power. Praise connected them to heaven. Kind of like what we've talked about. 